Hey there, Paisani. Welcome back to a very special episode of the Italian American Podcast. I'm John Viola, and I just want to jump in before we start this week's episode with a little bit of a caveat, a little bit of an introduction to what we're trying to do, because it's going to be something very different. For those of you who are longtime listeners, you've heard us talk for a while now about our upcoming studio at the heart of Little Italy, uh, Mulberry and Grand Street, in the new Italian American Museum opening up this spring. We're very excited about it. And we're equally excited about a new partnership that we've been building with the team behind Growing Up Italian, probably the most popular uh, meme page out there online for Italian-American memes and a massive podcast and a bunch of really good folks behind it. So what we decided to do was actually go down to the empty space. It's yet to be constructed. We haven't even broken ground. But we sat down in this cavernous concrete hole and decided that it'd be really fun to pop a bottle of Prosecco and just sit down and chat, talk about the two platforms, talk about the new space, and and do something live and in person for the first time in far too long. So the audio quality of the episode is really leaving something to be desired. We're recording in a room full of echoes on different mics than we usually use, and the style of the show is very different. It's really just a casual, flowing conversation between three Italian-Americans about the passion we have for these projects and what's coming up, and then just some of the stuff that we think about when we think about our Italian heritage. So you're going to go on a little bit of a journey with us through a bunch of different topics, but ones that I think everybody's going to really enjoy as we dig into. So if you can forgive us for the audio quality, just know that this is an episode recorded out of a lot of love and a lot of excitement, and hopefully when the construction is done and everything is built out to plan, all of you can come out and join us from wherever you are. See us at the corner of Mulberry and Grand in the heart of Little Italy in Manhattan's very, very famous neighborhood, and uh, be a part of our platform of growing up Italian and of a whole new era in the future of Italian America. So thanks for listening today, and we hope you enjoy. See that you're born an Italian If you want your life to be great See that you're born an Italiano and your life will be great. Hey there, Paisani. Welcome back to another episode of the Italian American Podcast. I'm John Viola. To my left is the one and only Miss Rosella Rago. And we're going to introduce, he needs no introduction in Italian America, but he's new here on the Italian American Podcast. Sabino Curcio from Growing Up Italian joining us in an echoey loud space that I think Everybody in our audience out there will find not only new and exciting, but uh, probably raise some questions about why we are sitting in the middle of a construction site here for the Italian American podcast. And if you're listening to us, you're missing half the action, because if you're watching us on YouTube right now, you're watching a pilot of what will be a whole new structure for the Italian American podcast going forward. So hopefully, if you haven't already, go over to YouTube, check it out, our pilot video episode. Uh, guys? John, it's so are. funny because usually when we record the Italian American podcast, you're in a cardboard box. So we yes. traded a cardboard box for a cement box. <laughs> I know, a big upgrade. There's yeah. some glass, though. There's some glass. Yeah, yeah. beautiful glass. Some scenery. See everything behind us. If you're not watching this, you should really watch because behind us here is the heart of Little Italy. We shared a little bit on our previous episodes about the new home of the podcast here at Mulberry and Grand in the Italian American Museum. And uh, it's really, I mean, we've seen so many people walking by today, looking through windows. We're at the heart of it. We're we the- saw a, a tourist, um, a whole tourist. A tour group. Uh, a tour group. A tour group. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna With be- the Italian flags. We're gonna be part of the tour group. Like, people are gonna study us. It's like, so this is what modern day Italian Americans <laughs> do with I think we time. might be on the itinerary soon. They may put us on, <laughs> why not? Let everybody come and see. I mean, this is a raw construction space now, but eventually, and we're in the beginning stages of this, where we're sitting right now here in the windows on Mulberry and Grand will be soundproofed. You'll be able to come in, shop, a lot of retail uh, experiences, all kinds of fun stuff that you can interact with, with the products, with us. And this will be a soundproof booth so we can record and not only pipe it out into the ether and into the world, but also here into the shop. I think it's going to be like nothing else that exists. The vision, I think, is like Italian-American Disney World. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's, and this that's is Walt goal. Disney right here. That's, yeah, that's, exactly. That's my whole, like, all I've <laughs> ever wanted is to hear. For me, like, this is what I've always wanted is Italian-American Disney World. This is what I tried to have when I was running NIAF events. And, you know, usually, if you're a longtime listener of our show, you know we catch up 
Ro and I would be baloney a little bit. Pat, who's uh, protesting today because he doesn't want to be on camera. We would be <laughs> catching up. We're going to have to flip him over and yeah, get him we'll to get do it. it. We're gonna we get have it. to have like an avatar for him. We have to have a cardboard cutout of Pat. With and like a screen to, with his head yeah. just like yeah, yeah. sitting in. And he has to just like record from a from a non-disclosed location. He would do that too. He would, In a bunker? He'd love to be in a bunker. Or we could lure him here with like a lifetime supply of pastiera or something like yeah. that. He'll, he'll come for that. There's got to be a draw for Pat. In the old days when we were recording in New York, uh, we're in New York now, when we were recording in Uptown, he used to love when we had like cold cuts and stuff out. Like that was like a big deal for Pat. I brought rice bowls. Yeah, he would love I would that. Br- you know, so you got to get him with snacks. Yeah, you got to yeah, get Pat with snacks. Yeah, yeah. And he, he would always say like, I'd be like, Pat, you know, we should probably eat and then record. He'd be like, the audience loves to hear when we're eating. I'm like, all right. So to be honest, I think that's how I'm going to hold out too. I'm only going to record <laughs> if there's mortadella. Everybody's going to have a rider of what kind of we Italian have have crab- they want. Are we hiring a craft service company? We have something here. Yeah, we got to have something. I have this vision of like three... Red, here white, comes our tour green. group again, by the way, before... Uh, oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Italia. Yeah. Ciao. Everybody. Yeah, it's wild to see people walk inside. It's going to be disruptive mentally for me, I know. I don't know about you guys, but I'm I'm thrown off by the idea that we're in, like, a fishbowl being watched right now. Maybe Pat's onto something. But. It reminds me of, like, TRL. Yeah. Like, yeah. Remember TRL? How old are we? TRL? What's the other one? <laughs> Good Morning America? Yeah, all the... All the big people do it. Now we're doing it, too. Now we're doing it, too. And speaking of big people, this is why we're here with Sabino. Uh, we've got the rest of the Growing Up Italian crew here, but we thought it would be nice to sort of talk one-on-one because I think everybody out on our audience definitely knows what you guys do. Started with a meme page, really, right? Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about how you guys So, to be honest, this. Mikel and Rocco started the page, and I jumped on once we started the podcast. You're the oldest in the family? Yeah, I'm the not not out of all of the cousins, no, but I mean, but the I have three us three, of you guys, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm four years older than Michaela, five years older than Rocco. But um, I want to say first of all that I'm a big fan of what you guys do. As we are, Rosella you. is the OG content creator. She sure before is. Instagram, yeah. before TikTok. I'm older than Instagram. Thank you, <laughs> thank you for that for clearing that up. <laughs> that I am older. Then most no, of the social content, media content media channels. True. Exactly. Yes. What, what did you before? start on? Well, you know, I you know built a fire and then. I, <laughs> Wait, but you, Shadow, you really started uh, on Facebook releasing. I had a light box, you know, with a mirror in it. <laughs> on the radio. I used to make on the, the, the moving pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Nona cooking in the basement. Um, what, what did you ask me? Sorry. What was, was the Facebook first, thing? first, right? <laughs> Facebook, right? Or no, YouTube? it was on YouTube. Yeah. I was like at the beginning of YouTube when people be, were like, no one was a content creator back then. It was just, you were just an idiot with a camera. Man, and you had to use a camera. You couldn't use a phone. Yeah. Had to use a ca- had to hire a production company. I don't want to, I don't want to date and I'm not making funny, but like did, did phones record then? Um, they, I was late It was to 2009. That. So, so what yeah. phone did you have in like 2009? The first, it was the first iPhone. It was, yeah, the very first iPhone. A Blackberry? It couldn't. I had a Blackberry. It, Blackberry, thanks. yeah. I, you could not film the show. So you're like Blackberry. sending your videos on BBM? <laughs> no, because they were too, you couldn't save them to your phone. They were too big to download, you know? Like stuff. you couldn't do that. So we hired a production company back then that were, that were they were like um, the head of the audiovisual department of Seton Hall University in New Jersey. And they had these like huge cameras at the time, and but they were two different cameras, and they were like sometimes the show was two different colors. And <laughs> I thought I was very fabulous back then, so I hired myself a makeup artist who put green eyeshadow on me, and made me look like poison <laughs> ivy. Yeah, I, I, I looked. So, I, I had some crazy looks in the uh, in the late 2000, in the mid to late 2010s. And we've all been through phases. It's crazy how it's just full circle though, because like I said, I remember seeing your videos years ago before we were even. Growing up in town, before we even had a page. And then also everything John's done, he's from the same town in Italy as us. Yeah. And all the work, all the philanthropy work him and his father have been doing. And now we come full circle and we're partners here. It's, it's crazy, really. It, I honestly wouldn't pick any other anybody else to do this with. John's the godfather of Italian America in the least mafia sense. <laughs> he's a goomba. <laughs> if you know John, I love you. You're a friggin' nerd. Yeah, I'm a huge yeah, nerd. Look at no, me. Like, you, you, you can see you me on camera now, folks. I just shaved yeah. my Tom. I said Tom Selleck. Rose said creeper mustache. Yeah. I just got rid of my nerd stash. Did you actually. Did you get rid of it specifically? Nah, for the, it's a, the baby was getting like freaked out every time I came near. <laughs> so I had to shave when it. When you're scaring children, it's time yeah. to lose yeah. the facial. When your daughter and your firstborn child doesn't want you to come near her, you got to shave. And my brother in law gave me some great razors. So I was like, I'm going to try this. And, but uh, 
Yeah, no, I just had to get rid of it. But I'm a nerd. I'm a big nerd. And I think the first time we were all in the same room together was like La, La Sagra de la Pastiera or something. Ago, yeah. Thanks and to like Pat. Luca two times is there. Yeah, yeah. We were yeah. dancing that Sanzesa dance yeah, yeah. that you guys do. And I think that's the first time we were all really working together. And like that was the beginning of it. And I, I believe in working together. I think you go farther together than you ever do separately. So I think it was a long time coming for this to happen. Especially when you have a a place like this in Little Italy. Yeah. The heart of Italian America, you know? You need people. You Like, you, my whole life as a professional Italian American was dedicated to the idea that we don't work well together as a community. We always fight at each other's ankles, and we always fail to actually achieve what other communities do because we're too busy squabbling. And, you know, you, you mentioned, like, our families come from the same town. You guys come from the house next door to my grandmother's house where I was in, born. In, where my, in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, in Brooklyn yeah. Yeah, because you come from the same town, you come through that umbilical cord yeah, to the exactly, same part exactly. of America, right? And, you know, we go to the same feast. We've got the same protector, Our Lady of the Snow. So when I was a kid, we left, and we would go back to see my grandparents all the time, then they came out. And so when my grandfather passed and my grandmother got older, she couldn't go take care of the building anymore. And so I was the oldest grandchild, so I would go do it. And she would say to me, if you need anything, go to the corner, go see Anthony. He's Paisan, he'll take care of you. Well, that's your dad and yeah. Michaela's dad and Rocco's uncle. And, like... That sort of long-term distant connectivity, that that little like you know touch, but don't really know each other. To me, it always said if there's a chance to work together, here's the best shot we have, right? And I think I think it actually surprises people that two entities like ours not only can work together, but understand how how much bigger it can be together. Also, all the work you did with um, in Washington with Italian American. What's the right name? Italian National American? Italian yeah, American exactly. Foundation. I don't want to say the wrong organization. Because <laughs> right. there's 50,000. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think I'm a member is, most. NIAF is the biggest. Not by number, but by, you know, kind Strength. of like. Strength. Yeah, what it does, so its role in Italy. With yeah. all, everything you've learned from doing that for all these years and connections you've made with that and us and Roselle, our, our social media presence is like the perfect partnership. I remember the first time I met John. And uh, my father and I had driven four hours to D.C. to meet, like, the new president of the National Italian American Foundation. I remember that. Because maybe he could help me, you know, launch my little cooking show into uh, Italian America, uh, uh, a la grande. So we get there. What year was this? Uh, 2000. Well, 12 must have been. 12, yeah. The, uh, that was your first year. My first year, It was, yeah. like, your very first year. I just, I started, like, February 2012. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, I like, I had no, I literally, first two days, I just sat at my desk waiting for my phone to ring. I was like, what does a professional Italian American do? <laughs> I just sat there. That's what I'm still doing. And he was like, he was 28. Mm -hmm. So, he was the youngest president they had ever had because I had known the one right before him and stuff. And that was the, the first gala I went to. So, you know, I'm a kid. How, how far apart are we in age? I forget. I'm 35, you're 39. So, nine. four years. We're four years apart. So, I'm 24 years old. Um, we drove for four or five hours. The button pops off my dress. I scotch tape my dress together. I feel like a disaster. I walk into this kid's office basically asking, like, do you have money that you can give me? <laughs> and we he's didn't. like, well. That's a, good, that's a good approach, though. Yeah. yeah. He's like, well, no, but I like what you do. And uh, come make cookies at our expo. You know, so then he's got a few months later I'm making cookies in the basement of the Hilton. Yeah, no kidding. You know, in Washington? In, in Washington. Washington yeah. I, I see John who looks like please don't talk to me like he looks like he look, i didn't want anybody that's the worst weekend of the year he looked like running. jerry lewis in the nutty professor like <laughs> holding a, a folder like please no one come near me nobody asked me anything nobody asked me questions it was like everyone's like whispering about this kid like rumors there's so much pressure on him but then what i really loved about john was that night he cut loose in the so if you've ever been to the naif gala um well back in the day when it was the great Naya yeah, Gala. Like when the Al Pacino's and De Niro's. Everybody. Like, Danny DeVito's yeah, and yeah. stuff. The end of the night. The presidents too. Like, the, yes. yes. The, presidents came, the yeah. after party, which was in the lobby of the Hilton around the pianos, was the best after party ever. By like, far. And, you know, John cut up and sang Peppino the Mouse. I must have sang 55 choruses of Pepino the yes. Mouse. Pepino Zuda Gio? Yeah. With, it, with his, with his bow tie off, yeah. like, and he just really, like, and I was like, this guy friggin' loves our culture. That's what brings us all here, right? We all, you can't do this stuff if you don't absolutely love it and live it and think about it every day. I mean, 
when I first saw what you guys were doing, like you said, Rocco Michela started a meme page. And I remember when I got on to the platform here with the podcast, I had no idea about podcasting. One, I, I listened to one podcast many, many, many years before when I was in college, and I just didn't get it. But then I knew what Dolores and Anthony were doing. I knew that they were struggling to get it out there on a regular basis. And I knew that they had built a big audience that was going to hang around for a while. But then if you're not putting stuff out, I knew they were risking this platform that had been around for a bunch of years. So I got on, and shortly thereafter, another Italian-American podcast comes up. It's called Growing Up Italian. I had no idea who was behind the memes or anything. So I think you were probably five or six episodes in when it popped up on my thing. And one of the episodes, correct me if I'm wrong, it might be like number five or six or ten, was about the Giglio. And I remember listening to it, and describing it's your neighborhood. I'm like, so these guys come from the neighborhood and then quickly put together. It was the first one I listened to quickly put together who you guys were. And I was, you know, Pat says Sons is the Italian podcasting capital of the world now because this plenty- <laughs> right, yeah, right? and uh, I don't know for me, I was like, all right, this is really powerful to think that like you could be so close and everybody's really working hard and passionate and then getting to listen over the years. But it was really Roe who said, look, if we really want to, grow, we got to all sit down together. We sat down a while back, and I think all of us were really excited about where we see the future of the community going, right? I mean... I think we do the same thing in such awesomely different ways. Like, if we're NPR, you guys are like e-entertainment. Yeah. You know, and have have your finger on the... I have no idea what that... <laughs> you just, just aged us, bro. <laughs> so you're not that much younger I'm than I'm a hundred. <laughs> I'm a hundred over here. Bro, who comes from before Instagram. There used before to be a thing like called E. So back in, <laughs> back in the day, there was this channel called E! Yeah. Entertainment. I know E, but I don't know NPR. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's the one. Oh, NPR is National okay. Public Radio. Yeah. That's- okay, okay, okay. So what about, like, not NPR, like Channel 13? Yeah. That's how I feel. PBS. PBS. We're PBS and you guys are E. Okay. That makes sense. You know, sense, yeah. yeah, ish. I could, I could say yeah, yeah. yeah or somebody, like you guys are MTV. Somebody who will go without name. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but let's just say somebody out in the community one time was trying to. One day we're going to have a show, though, where we throw where people we under the bus. Throw, John Fromm. Yeah, pay for that. <laughs> John Fromm. <laughs> right. That'll be on pay-per-view. That'll be like Tyson and Holyfield. <laughs> Uh, we'll get them in here, too. Uh, we'll, we'll tie them up in the box. Somebody was, like, trying to make a deal and was kind of playing off what they supposed was going to be a rivalry between the two shows. And they're like, oh, you know, you guys are this. And I, and I said, look. You guys? Between us. They were, like, playing off, like, as if only one show could exist. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I said, if we're a real community, there's so much diversity of opinion of, of how people appreciate and how people take in content. I said... It, I know we're like PBS. Pat wants to be NPR. That's what he loves. He loves the idea that we're going to talk about, you know, some stuff that's a little bit out there, right? Which there is an audience for, we Which, found. We absolutely. were shocked by some of the yeah. stuff, too. Yes. I'll be honest, though. We got nothing for Pat. He's, he's an encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah, but Pat... That's, that's, me, Miguel, no. none of us are coming. But when you, th- <laughs> when you throw we Pat into those, like, simple situations, he's fantastic. We took him to Tanti Town, Arkansas, oh. with the simple... Like, oh. with the... You can see when he's actually processing information and storing it in his Wikipedia brain because he's asking rapid-fire questions. The people don't know how to handle it. They're, like, they're, they're duck, <laughs> ducking and dodging questions, but he can't You stop. ever saw that, like, meme of the hangover with the guy, like... When he was counting the cards, no, nah. it's like a big like math equation. The yeah, guy's yeah, like yeah, looking. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's how he's he Rain Man. You can see him when he's pulling it in. You can see he's taking in like databases of information wherever he is. But this guy was sort of saying like, "Ah, oh, your shows, you you can't both exist." And I said, "If we're like PBS, they're like MTV. Everybody yeah. can have fun and come around, and everybody relates to something on both these play. Like, what is your?" What's your like mission statement with what do you, what do you want to be? What do you try? Mission, to do? I mean, to make it as simple as possible, we want to make the younger generation, like young kids on TikTok, proud to be Italian. Yeah, proud to like say they're Italian American, even though a lot of our stuff is very gimmicky. That all oh, sauce, not gravy, stuff like that. But, but that's funny. We want to like if I ask my daughter or my son right now, are you Italian? Yeah, because I call it sauce. That's what they say, you know? And it's light. Like, exactly. I, I don't believe that we have to take ourselves so seriously exactly. where we alienate people because then it's not fun. Yeah. 
Then it's not fun to learn about your culture. You reel them in with sauce and gravy, and then you exactly. hit them with like, "Hey, there was this guy named Dante. He was really cool." <laughs> you know, like it, it, it doesn't have to be all one way. Mm-hmm. Not that exactly. I could talk about Dante without Pat here, but, right? Of know. course, I would, I would never <laughs> dare. Try. But like, it's otherwise it's limiting. It's like, why shouldn't we teach people about like Caruso and then Sferra at the same time? Yeah. They yeah. both are one part thing of I Italian do wish, culture. The one thing I do wish Italians like us did though was speak the language a little more because if you look at other European countries that are here, like Polish, the Greek, mm-hmm. they speak the language. So that's like definitely one thing I wish we could work on a little more. Yeah. And like what she was saying with music, I think that's a way we could kind of music is huge. Shed a light on it, make people translate lyrics and I think music is a, a great more. vehicle for that. Yeah. Like I, and I think we have a different social experience than other European ethnic groups, post immigration ethnic groups, you know, like the uh, the Greeks still have Greek school at their churches, that, yep. right? Like, they have a liturgical language. We lost a lot after the war. But I do get the sense, just from traveling around all these years of, like, Italian America, people like me whose grandparents came here, I think my generation, maybe the, those who have kids a little, you know, younger, they're making that effort to reclaim the language. I see a lot of people who are Italian-American studying the language. Like, I see a lot of people. My name, my birth name is John, right? My grandfather's Giovanni. And my grandmother named my dad, Vincent and not Vincenzo, Vincenzo yeah. but my daughter's Giovanna because I, and I know a lot of people like me who say, why should we have to hide our ethnicity? You know what I mean? Like, let's yeah. reclaim this. The, the I think best that's... thing is when people with the naming thing is they're like, oh, like they're going to have a weird ethnic name then if you name them some Italian name. And I was like, you were going to name your daughter Rainbow. Yeah, you're going to be a weird ethnic person anyway. Like, you're oh, name oh, your son Jackson. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Adolorata can't possibly go to school with, with rain and river. <laughs> Okay. I know. I, 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 I'm going to resist some of the names I know because I don't want people to get hurt, but there's some whacked out names out there. Uh, you know, you can't name your kid Dresser. This people is just not. People want to be different, though. You know? Yeah, they want to be different. But I think that, like, the thing, the, like, like the language, like the naming, like, I know a lot of people who, I think a lot of people come to the podcast for, actually, is kind of a how-to for some of this stuff. Like, you know, we're gonna, we want to jar tomatoes again. We stopped doing yeah. it when my grandmother yeah. died. Or make wine. And, you know, we stopped we making wine. We want to learn about La Befana. Exactly. We want to learn about, you know, whenever, like, I, I, especially because I import products from Italy, so when I have something that's very rooted in tradition, they want to know where does this come from? They want the story behind it. They don't just want the thing. They want to know. So there is this appetite for knowledge and for, like, the reasons we are the way that we are. So I think that that's such a powerful platform for us to all stand on. And like standing on it together is only going to make it better. Yeah, I agree. Like you were saying with the jarred sauces, like providing people with tutorials of certain traditions. Yeah. Keep them going. Sauce, uh, sausage, wine. As Pat would say, sausage, have a professional there so you don't die of botulism. But yes. That was, <laughs> and speaking He's of, very cautious so the first sausage. time I met Pat, it's dangerous. It's the, dangerous. the first time I ever met Pat was because he wrote me a nasty email. And if, oh he, if he was here, he would go, that he, was he, not nasty. He, How dare you? He looks you? like he could write a nasty no, email. No, no, no. Yeah. He wrote, okay, it was not nasty, Pat. I take it back because it, he's like he got a emphatic. pain in his he got a pain in his chest right now, and he doesn't know why he's not here. It was a very it was a very concerns email because I had posted a soppressata recipe, and oh he said God. that I had to put like a warning because I could kill people, people could die from the bacteria. Like you had to you got to be really careful and stuff. And I was like, who the hell is this freaking guy? Like <laughs> there to he get is. a little off topic though. When it comes to curing the meats, isn't salt the most important? Like you just gotta, Absolutely. You gotta go when to in doubt, put yeah, a little more salt. Lot more Absolutely. Salt. I've had some people, I've seen some people do under oil, like after they salt it, that gives a nice taste. You gotta, you gotta it's like a, it. It's if you like it. You gotta like it, it, yeah. Yourself. What do you care what do you, if anybody else likes it? I, to me, it's like. As long as you like it. As long, as, long as, you as you like it. Like I know a lot of people don't like homemade wine. I, and I know a lot of people who can't get enough of it. I've had good homemade wine. I've had bad homemade wine. I mean, it's all. It's that's very relative. Yeah, like Dolores's homemade wine is very good. Very good. Dolores makes fantastic wine. Excellent. Wine. Always in a Pellegrino bottle, which is yes. to me a nice part of the delivery. Too. I think that should be her thing. Yeah, I think that should be her new platform. She should. She should be making wine. Yeah, she, she makes great wine. Mass produce the homemade wine. The best in Pellegrino bottles. Yes. Oh, it must be in Pellegrino. Recycle Pellegrino <laughs> bottles. Still the Pellegrino. We could cover the cap, you know, yeah. the trademarking. But that's how I still have one in my fridge. She gave me like a long time ago because I don't want to be without it, so I just save it. It's just been tremendous. I mean, think about, like, I had a buddy come from Calabria that I worked with, 
And out of his bag, he pulled a Dasani bottle filled with his family's homemade olive oil. You can't get that anywhere else. You can't eat like that anywhere else. Yeah, the Vincotto syrup in a, in a Coca-Cola bottle with the cap duct tape. Yeah. That's, you know, magic. That's the best stuff in the world. You, I mean, with all due respect to the stores out there, you're never replicating that. You can't buy that. No. You can't buy homemade. No, you what can't. What do you make at home? We make the sauce every year. And our nonna makes the sausage. Wow. Wine, we don't really do anymore. Us too. A lot of people do it with um, grape juice also. I yeah, I see that a lot. That wine sucks though. Yeah, it's no. grape juice. It tastes like grape juice. You just like literally let it ferment. But it's a cheat code. Yeah. yeah. It makes it's it super easy. Code. Yeah, it is a cheat code. That's like when we make the vincotto with uh, prune juice. Yeah. As cheating. opposed to what? Yeah. At like while well, you boil prune exactly. juice until it's a syrup, you just yeah. boil it down until it's a thick molasses yeah. like syrup. No, it's supposed to be made by with the with the figs that you right. sun dry yeah. under the sun of August, and then you gotta take yeah, them, yeah, you gotta yeah. boil them, and then you gotta like squeeze them through like a pillowcase yeah. or like underwears <laughs> and stuff. You, you gotta use that as a you got muta, yeah. You gotta, <laughs> a fig. The the strainer. <laughs> then you gotta. That's where the flavor comes then from. Then you gotta <laughs> boil that down again until yeah. it's a thick syrup. Then you can bottle it. I, I but a and, fig and a and a prune are not the same thing. That's like a real. That's like a leap, right? I mean, a fig like, is well, it's a dried fig. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so a and dried a fig, a, a dried prune. A prune's a dried uh, plum. Raisins. You that's know, weird. people try. That seems and make like it, a real short, the lazy shortcut. Yeah. yeah. People <laughs> try and make it out of whatever. It's like you want limoncello, but the closest you get is an orange. You know, it's like ah, I did this. It's different. It's a citrus. You know, <laughs> it's a citrus. It, yeah. I don't know. To me, I'm glad people keep traditions. That's great. I don't think you have to like have hard set rules, but part of it is the process, right? Part of it is like doing things a slow way. The and ceremony of it. Yeah, ceremony of it, yeah. You know, making sauces. The action of doing it. That's it, yeah. Making the meal after. Yeah, yeah that's right. celebrate, making yeah. sauce is like a miserable experience. Absolutely. It's a million degrees. Yeah. It's physical labor. Yeah. You gotta get zero sweat in the sauce. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, hot. It, it's hot, nasty. Everybody's in a bad mood. Everyone's gonna fight. All the videos we see on TikTok and Instagram, everybody's like so happy. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah. And then it's like cut and it's like, <laughs> it's like some idealized harvest festival yeah, like, that everybody. I, yeah, it's I want to see the family screaming at yeah. each other because that's real. That's, that's the content real. I want. That's, that, real. that's uh, realistic. It's like you yeah. know, like people don't. It's not pleasant to to work over boiling vats in the middle of the heat. But with safety codes, yeah, like gosh, uh, it's unbelievable. Gallons of gas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no one's yeah. equipped to use yeah, yeah. these things, but yeah. we do it. Everybody's like, got their own like family created equipment too. Like my. Father-in-law's family, he's got one brother. They do his brother does like 10 times the amount we do. And he builds his own stuff. He's like, this is to use to lower the thing into the bed. And it's all stuff he like hand wires yeah. and made because you're coming up with solutions because you know it's all Home Depot it's Exactly. <laughs> Home exactly Depot and like Legos. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a coat hanger sticking out and like, you know, some, but, some scotch tape. Yeah. But it, you need it. You need, you know, you come up with your own thing. That's beautiful to me. That's fun. Yeah, that's fun. I mean, the, the and then the meal after, like you said, is like a great time. Everybody yes. gets drunk and is like, oof, yeah. not till next year. Yeah, like, yeah. that's kind of. And they fight over who gets more tomato jars. Or... That always becomes an issue. My mother oh, like, like rations them out. Yeah, yeah I know. It, it... I have one more kid than you. <laughs> you gotta hide it's some like of the them. Will. You gotta pretend that like you didn't make as many. My father-in-law wanted to do something different last time we did. We, we do it every two years, and I I don't remember if he like didn't running through the strainer like my mother-in-law wanted to go one more time whatever he made like maybe like 20 first jars for like a little watery and my mother-in-law would put those aside and those were for like people who ask for sauce oh. like right like a, if you come requesting you're not in the on the list <laughs> here's the water down 20 like they're like the, yeah. sure they never for <laughs> right, exactly the second, yeah, second yeah, yeah. you got like a nasty tomato water here you go that's for you but i actually want to ask you guys a question how do you feel when people say you're not Italian? Like in the comments or? Like, a, like I'm as not an Italian, Italian from American, Italy? You know, like an Italian from Italy or someone from oh, here. Yeah, or thinks you're more Italian. Okay, right, so what's your initial for all of so? you out in podcast land, John won't say it, but I'm going to say it because I'm the, you hired me to say the things that you don't want to say. Okay, so Probably here we go. Oh, that's what, that's so, what okay. so here's what a sip is. A sip is a snotty Italian. Person? 
Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so <laughs> when someone's not a zip, they're a sip, you know? Ah, okay. I like that. Like I might use that. Yeah. So when the sips come at you, I don't know. You really just got to hold fast to the whole I'm an Italian-American thing. Did I it used, bother you? It used to bother me. And I think, honestly, heritage and Italian identity is such a, a, a complex concept for me that I think I've only really fully come to full circle, understand it now that I'm 35, you know, because when I was a little kid, you have to understand I was raised in a microcosm of Maladi body in Brooklyn. I didn't really feel like I was in, I basically wasn't in America. I didn't speak English till I was five. Everybody I knew was from the same little town in Italy. So how was I really having an American experience? Like I kind of wasn't. So I felt very Italian. And then, you know, they kept shoveling me to Italy every, every summer for three months, but living there, you know, a quarter of the year, so uh, I felt very Italian in and America. Your nonna's as Italian as Italian. Italian. Yes, yeah, my family yeah. is very, very for first generation Italian Americans. We were kind of like Orthodox. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah Orthodox. Italian. Orthodox. That's true. That's Orthodox. I use that term a lot. That's what we are. Yeah. We were like or fundamentalist yes, Italian Americans. So I, I found myself feeling a little too Italian for Americans and a little too American yeah. for Italians. I really even to this day um i can get along with anybody i'm truly comfortable with other first generation italian americans because you know we just see the world the same way but that's why i get along with the most though yes like but people like us like I used, first generation to your point i used to get very offended when people said i wasn't italian but they're right i'm not italian i'm an italian american and i feel like i'm finally really living in my own personal content creation evolution mm-hmm. i'm finally living both sides of my identity of my heritage so i i don't it doesn't bother me to be an italian american i had the best of both worlds i mean for me like I, first of all i i don't know about you guys you guys have millions of people following 20 different we get all the time that we're not time i mean you i don't know how you deal with any of the like negativity because for me i'm still shocked how people could waste their breath and time and energy saying something unsolicitously negative like I, to me it just it's i can't fathom ever doing that. Even if I have a negative reaction to something that's, you know, re- you won't type it out. No, it's to me. It's just like, what? Don't you know, it's not nice to say. Don't say nothing at all. But I spent my life. I left the neighborhood at five years old, went to a place with no Italians, clearly didn't feel American with all these other, like I was the only Italian out there. So I felt alien there. Started going to Italy when I was growing up, felt American. So I, I never felt like I belonged anywhere. And it was as I got older that I realized like, being Italian-American, I'm the second generation born here on some branches, the third or even fourth on others. It's its own thing. It's a, it's a third branch on a tree. And, it, and to me, it's the best of both worlds. Like, I love Italy, but I'm really glad I live in this country. And I, there's a lot about America that's made our people better and stronger. And, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I think we've got a great life. And I don't read comments the, anyway. The people I get along <laughs> with the most, though, and it's very humbling, is the Italians that see what we're doing, like to spread yeah. Italian culture. And they say it like, because we're very few that actually do it out of love. Yeah. Like we love our Italian culture and we really push it. Like the stars in Italy that I'm friends with, they all say like, you guys are the only people doing this. Like if it wasn't for us, people might not even know what's happening in Italy. or it, It's got to make you feel are. good when yeah. an Italian from Italy confirms but not all, no. the percentage of people that like say the negative is so small yeah i can't trust it when they i, I got that 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 old italian malocchio thing about it it's like even when they compliment me i don't believe them they're not telling <laughs> you sound like that they're not telling <laughs> you're damned if you do that <laughs> you know. so like how does that you look so not <laughs> yeah, got them a look. Yeah. get away Everybody from me spit i you know i had a similar i'm sorry if you're a sip you're gonna have a 10 times harder time being like I, I got to warm up. But I don't like a snotty anything person. I don't like anybody who looks... I, Chaz Palminteri said something once at an event, and I stuck with... Either Chaz or Joe Piscopo said their father told them, don't look down on anybody, but don't look up on anybody either. Don't, you know, don't ever lower yourself. And like to me, I try to live like that. That's how my family lives. And so I have no patience for na- negativity, nastiness. You want to debate something? You want to disagree? Great. If you want to be nasty, I, you can't come back from that with me. That's like just unacceptable and unfortunately you know it happens on on all levels but i think when you do get the confirmation from people that they appreciate this particularly from italy because you're representing their country and culture so much like i remember 
when I was at NIAF, we had a meeting in the the embassy, and it was with a bunch of senators and deputies from the Italian government. And we were telling about our programs, this and that. And and one guy came up to me. I don't know what party he was from, whether senator, deputy, whatever. Like as if we were like smuggling people. Like he was like so like freaked out. And he pulled out his cell phone. On the back was the Italian flag. And he was like, "I am proud too." I'm like, "Why are you ashamed of this?" Like sometimes I think for us, we have the ability to be. Is that Italian American? This guy? Italian? No, it's a oh, guy from the Italian the government. Most of the Sips think it's gauche to to I guess you know, so. wear green, white, and red. Uh, yeah, not, it uh, doesn't bother me. They're like, "Oh, he's not the classy." Well, I got green, white, and red. I own every article clothing in tricolor. Coming soon, guys. Yeah. Shoes. I got shoes. I got <laughs> matandi. If, if I got everything. Here, Socks. he would take this opportunity to tell the Matu Capisci la lasagna story. That's the truth. We, yeah. we, we got that. We were in Italy eating at a Neapolitan lady's house. Very wealthy Neapolitan family, like a, a noble family. And then they have like all these like servants. It was bizarre. I mean, it's uh-huh. me and Pat with like all these noble people. <laughs> And she's like, this course is uh, called lasagna. To conosce la lasagna. And Pat's like, yeah, la lasagna? yeah, we've eaten this before. You know, like it was like. As if like I, I dabble. <laughs> yeah, I dabble. It's a t-shirt. I Call dabble. me Garfield. I dabble, I dabble in lasagna. I dabble in lasagna. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes people just, you know, they don't know us. And I think Italian America and Italy gets a really bad rap, too, because they don't necessarily see all this. You know what I mean? Now they are. Guys like you guys. You're, you're letting them see a whole new side of, of what we are. Well, if you if you think about it, the mainstream Italian-American stuff is mafia, Jersey Shore. It's horrible. Yeah. So really, all our stereotypes are based on that kind of stuff. Yeah. One kid with a name that ends in a vowel on Jersey Shore, and it's an Italian-American show. Is that all there was? One Italian? Mike yeah, Vinny. Francino. Oh, two. Okay, there were two. Two. <laughs> two idiots and, and like... Uh, Shouts to Vinny, though. That's, the, that's all over. I, I always thought to myself, like, it's sad... But it's also said that, like, you know, you go to, like, Sicily, right? And they play up mafia tours. And, like, like where, where we are, right? There's mafia tours around this neighborhood. Oh, over here, too. Like, yeah. this happened here. Yeah. This happened and there. Which, I get it. Like, people are interested in the history. That's I, what sells, you know? That's what sells, you know? But to me... I would be interested to go on one of those tours, actually. If you're learning. Yeah, you're learning <laughs> something. I mean, like, it's... Since it's we're going to be here, yeah. you know? Since uh, we're going to be here. We're going to have the camera follow you around on the mafia <laughs> tour. But... I think, like, you have to... I went, I went to a meeting with a big production company once. I was at NIAF. They're making a massive project about Italian America. It's the Italian Americans, PBS, four parts. It's a great documentary if you haven't seen it. And they told me a lot of Italian American groups wouldn't let them in the door to discuss the project, which meant they couldn't participate in it mm-hmm. because they their number one demand was, you don't talk about the mafia. Well, let's be realistic. How do you talk about the Italian American experience without talking about the mafia? You have to discuss it as an academic. You don't have to glorify it you don't have to play down to it but you got to acknowledge it and discuss it the, the romans fed christians to lions we talk about that <laughs> that's very what true did we do? That was so yeah, bad. exactly Jeez. yeah i know it's 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 there's oversensitivities and like that's we talk about like fun memes and have fun with this it's recycling just, containers of, yeah that's, of it's fun it's real it's fun I, you can't it's who you are well what's what's great too is as far as like a lot of the memes and stuff we make it's not only italians that it, it's all like ethnic groups, like first generation. Sure. No matter what you are, you can relate to it. So when I did that's that, kind of beauty of it too. When I did that video about the boostas, like, you know, the, exactly. you have the booster book, every culture probably chimes in. It's like, we got a book, we got a book, we got a book, we all got the book. Everybody's got the book, you know? So it's not the monopoly. No, on absolutely not. Like, don't, don't, on booster like, Medigon records. people bring like gifts to Okay, yeah. Metagons are the only people basically. They bring microwaves. Not, <laughs> well, yeah. not, now it's an air fryer. Blender in your air fryer. Blender and air fryer. Yeah, Metagon people are the only people that don't. Is that you right? Know. I didn't know that. Rocco got like three air fryers. If you guys know anybody that wants to buy one. Did you invite that got it that brought you an air fryer? <laughs> Weddings are the great equalizers of your life. I just went to an Italian wedding. I was I was the phone girl. I was, you know, taking pictures for my friend the whole night. For the for the for the bride. Okay. This is a very Italian wedding. The groom was eating tripe in the bridal suite. The bride's eating a plate of seafood salad. You know, tripe at the wedding. Zero f's given. She's got a tablecloth draped across her. She's like, food comes first. Not missing cocktail yeah, hour. That's true. And at the end, she told me, "This is I, our first episode was about boostas, so yeah. it's only fitting that we have a little section in here." She told me one of her Metagon friends. I mean, she should have known. The girl's name is Sky. Like seriously, S K Y E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. And um, <laughs> she noticed that at the end she did not have a booster from Sky. 
Because it was a gift that she was just there. No, no, no. I know people like so that. So then yeah. she goes, she she actually says something. I don't know that I would have said something. You no, know? You, you would have said something somebody. to her? Like, I don't know. that. I don't think so. No, listen, at my wedding, somebody bounced a check. We didn't say nothing. <laughs> Gotta say. Yeah, but they know that. They know that it bounced. We know that they know. So right, that's good enough. Silence speaks louder <laughs> than anything. Yeah. But you know what? Figura. She decided she was going to say something. And the girl goes, oh, I did give you a gift. The Roomba. The $500 Roomba. The little robot vacuum. At your shower, I gave you a $500 Roomba. So she was trying to like say like it was buy one, get one free. <laughs> Like the I love people like that. Was this gift for the shower was good for the wedding too? I know. The only way it's That's good like that is if you go heavy. Do. That's what I mean. Is five hundred dollars pretty heavy? I guess no, not if you're going to well, bigger. Now Rocco, Rocco actually taught me the standard for weddings was two fifty. Now per, with inflation, it's three hundred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't notice, but thank God he told me. Yeah. Because get some rando numbers in there. You, I, I'm one friend of ours, and she did it on purpose just to. She's Italian. She gave us cash in an envelope and some coins in it. And so it was like, you know, three singles plus this, plus that. Came out to like. Inflation? It was like, no, just like whacked out. She just didn't want to give a round number. So she just had singles and a five. And then it was a whole like collection of coins like and stuff. 268. Yeah, like 72 <laughs> and 11 cents or something. Who's but putting coins nice, in She like was making fun of us. She was loving it. She, well, I like that, though. That's cool. Yeah. That's how that, it started. I'm going to remember that. That's how the boost envelope start, right? That's how the bag starts. I guess. Or another thoughtful thing is if they know your honeymoons in Italy, you give whatever and a little gift in yeah. euros, you know? Yeah, it's, that's nice. Well, 200 and 100. The euros know? are a classy touch. Like, Although they're going yeah. down now. I had to give, I came back from Italy last week or two weeks, whatever. I had no cash to tip a, a taxi driver. In Italy? No, here. I got oh, no Somebody drove me to a thing, and I'm like, oh, man, I got nothing. No, the valet guy. And I'm like, what am I going to do? I was embarrassed. So I gave him a 20-euro bill, and I'm like, look, get this to your bank before. It's worth like $18, $17, whatever, because it's going down right now. But I felt bad, but I had to give him euros. It's the best I had. So what I had did he him. say? He looked at me like I gave him Monopoly money. He was like, you know, uh, okay, <laughs> thank you. I'm like, is no, this I, for Park I, Avenue? I swear, <laughs> I swear this is real currency. And it's, you know, it's, it used to be strong, but... <laughs> I don't know. I, I was at a wedding this weekend, actually. For those of you who've been listening since we first came on, my old uh, assistant, Stephanie Gordon, who's Italian-American, just got married to another Italian-American, and it was a lot of fun. We went down to Virginia. We got to, you know, celebrate Italian music, Italian food, all the traditions and stuff. It was really, it's, you know, to me, it's a good occasion to dip into culture weddings. It's like something, I think it's something still important to us. Speaking of the tipping, though, I really, because I was just in Italy two times, and what's really grown on me is not tipping in Italy. I, I oh, really yeah. like it a lot. Uh, what, well, let, I went, whatever the price is. But, when, but yeah. when you do, you're a god. Yeah. The five euros, you're literally Jesus. Yeah. yeah. My dad tips like he was an extra in Goodfellas. He loves, <laughs> loves to tip. For, keeping, yeah, just, for just having yeah, ice. Yeah, 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 he, and, and he says, like, my, my mother, who, you know, I mean, my mother must know every penny they had since their boost of envelopes in the wedding. And she's like, you're giving him too much. And he's like, I'm inflating the economy. I'm injecting. So my wife gets a big kick out of it because sometimes he'll run out of cash and he'll turn to us in Italy and be like, what do you guys got on you? And he's giving people 20s for opening the door. And it's not to be like a big shot. He really feels like he's giving to, to Italy. Like for him, this is yeah. like a contribution. to Like the Robin Hood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they look at him like he's nuts. They're like, what the heck is wrong with this guy? No, but what I do, the cheat code is letting the native Italian guy, like, yeah, you pay. You yeah, know? yeah, that's a good idea. There's no, there's no, yeah. tip. no nobody's tipping. You live two euros, they look at you like, yeah, it's crazy. Grazie. I, I felt that you, you were there last week, right? I was there in the month of September twice for two weeks each. Did you feel like maybe they're starting to expect more tips yes, like America? Yes, I, I got that energy. That's right? why I make the native Italian pay. <laughs> so it looks like he's paying. I'm yeah. like, Joel, Pagatu, okay. Yeah. I never felt like that before. I never felt like it was the first time in my life, maybe because I was only there once during COVID. I felt like I didn't understand Italy like I always did my whole life. Like some places I would go to pay before I ordered mm -hmm. my coffee and they'd say, no, 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 you pay after. I'm like, wait, 30 something years I paid before I ordered it. And now maybe things are changing. It was weird. It was the first time I felt really unfamiliar with stuff. The opposite, though. When Italians come here, you just got to double check them. 
Yeah. Because if you really like the restaurant yeah. and they, you make them tip, <laughs> you might never be able to go there again. Yeah, One no, time okay. they chased us out the restaurant like, was the service okay? <laughs> yeah, but it's like with, it's when my, with my Italian family, we go there, we're the Americans, so we pay. They come here, they're on vacation, so we still yeah. pay. We always pay. <laughs> I, it, we always pay. Yeah. it's uh, God bless America. God bless know? America. That's what this country gave us. That gave us the opportunity to go out and, you know. Tip 20 euros when... Uh, treat for our cousins. Treat, yeah, treat for the cousins. <laughs> uh, or get the gifts. Bring bring the requests. I'm, like, my wife's aunt has really bad back problems. My father was a doctor. I guess they can't get Tylenol over there. It never dawned on me. They always bring Tylenol. I must have I must have muled so many of the, like, super Costco Tylenols. I had, like, two bags filled with Tylenols every time I went for a business trip. But yeah, that's what they need. Our black market over there is, is painkiller, you know, the pain relievers. Aluminum foil? Alum tin foil. The tin foil was the worst. never dawned on me. I never thought about the that. The tin foil was the worst. When, like, my mother's comada would know that I was going to Italy. You know, you got to keep it a secret when you're going. Because otherwise, you get the phone calls. Rosa! Bring, bring an extra luggage. And you're like, okay. And she comes, no, not cosa piccola. I swear to God. And it's like two of the Costco tin foils that weigh, like, eight pounds each. And you're like, son of a... It's like the Joe Avati joke where he's like, you got to bring this little pocket. Oh, that's it. I'm just thinking about that. It's I'm like, the bocce. The bocce. <laughs> From Italy. Yes. He recycled all the way around. Yeah, I I think that like, I don't know, some of the stuff they used to want. The chocolate era is done. They, they don't, don't want needs, Hershey Kisses no, anymore. It used to be my dear. Now you could get it there though. Yeah. My dear used to have these petrified Hershey Kisses on her coffee table. <laughs> They're like fancy. They, they were No, like they were like in the freezer for for six weeks and stuff. And she just took them out right before people. But that's came. a foreign treat. I mean, a Hershey Kiss. Uh, you know, it was M and M's. M and M's is a big one. You still can't get M and M's there, right? I've seen M and M's. The no, weirdest thing I've that. seen was at the Body Airport. I saw um, a thing of Dunkin' Donuts, like a twelve, a twelve, the box of Dunkin' Donuts come on oh, the, the, the on the carousel. <laughs> like somebody duct flipped, shipped it over. So, yeah, like they checked it. They checked the box of Dunkin' Donuts, duct taped that's all, you know, packed up. And I'm like, seriously. I'm not gonna lie. What freaked me out was seeing avocado in Italy. Really? It's, yeah, it's big, funny you say that. I was at the market in Palermo, and I noticed, like, a lot. I mean, look, there's a lot of other ethnic groups moving into Italy now. It's it's evolving ethnic country, so people want to eat what they want to eat. That's fair. We did the same thing here, right? I'm sure the first time somebody saw tripe, they were like, what's wrong with these people? But, yeah, yeah it, I had the same reaction in Palermo. Like, ingredients, and, and, like, a lot of them. I You know, I don't know, jackfruit or whatever it is. Like, it was wild to see, you know, but it's a global world, you know? I love how, like, you go to a festa in Italy, you get a sausage sandwich, like, people put mayo and ketchup and french fries on it there. Oh. Over here, if you, But like, where are the, where are yeah, the yeah. <laughs> Who's not really Italian? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's why first-generation Italian-Americans are the people I get along with the most. We're orthodox Italian-Americans. Because you got cut off from the tree, right? That's how I felt I became more Italian moving to a non-Italian town in New Jersey, because, like, you know, our people have been in Brooklyn since 1880. It's a neighborhood that, even when I was a kid, still had a lot of Italian stores, like a culture, life, the club. And then we left and went to a place with no Italians, and it made me ossify and solidify who I was around my culture. And it's the same thing for first-generation yeah. people. It's like, yeah. you got to be orthodox to preserve it. Otherwise, you're connected to nothing. Well, a lot of times when you're first generation, you grow up in such a way that, you know, you're translating things for your parents, reading their mail, you know, I know yeah. like it grows you up in a, in a different sense. You're the American, right? So you have to kind of guide your parents through like what is okay in America, what's not okay in America. I remember telling my parents like all sorts of crap. It's like in America, they ground you, like you ground your kids when they're bad. <laughs> like Danny Tanner would ground, you know, Michelle and DJ when they were bad girl. And they were like, wow. Meanwhile, we get beaten. Ah, yeah, get yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, there's no, there, I'm sure the statute of limitations on whatever our parents did is long past. We could say like, I, I never went like go to your room without dinner. I might hide in my room under yeah. my bed, but like that God yeah. no. no, no. <laughs> they would the, never the, not feed sit you. Sit in the corner and think about what you did. I just got screamed at and whipped at and beat at. It's just we we never had microwave. I, I never had a microwave. We had a microwave for water, hot water and uh, oatmeal. If you no, want my mother was afraid of it. She thought it, it would kill us I all. I still don't we like a microwave. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. I don't but, like uh, a microwave. But like I would, um, I would go to my friend's house and they would get kids' cuisine. 
Remember? Oh, lean cuisines? No, kids cuisine. No, kids remember? Cuisine. With like the brownie? Yes. Brownie? That crappy brownie yeah. was, I would have killed somebody for that crappy brownie when I was seven. That was the best part of the meal. awesome. See, I had a mom who grew up here, was born here, grew up here, and I had a dad who was first generation and had no money growing up. So he never got, like, he didn't have a, a Twinkie or a Yodel until he was, like, in college. You know oh, my I mean? God. So, like, my dad was experiencing American junk food with us. So, the first time. Yeah, but he had the checkbook, right? So we had everything. And I, I mean, I'm surprised I don't have diabetes already because <laughs> we were like, what, what do you want to do? You want to eat a box of ring things? Like, let's do it. And we're going to make the Funny balls. Yeah, my dad loved no, it. Like, the biggest sweet tooth. My best friend, Enza, she was one of the first people I knew to get cable and the first family I knew to get a Costco membership. So when they got that Costco membership, they had the box of like king size Snickers. Costco was made for our people. They they had a poured cabinet. all this stuff in the Gundine. You know, yeah. you, oh, you got supplies that that's made but, for but us. But that ca- the junk food cabinet yeah. was just like we had a drawer, a kid's paradise. And I would I would and then I would go home and like my mother would be like, I made lentil soup. And it looks like, <laughs> I made all beans. Yeah, we like, still ate that every night. That was like, our dinner. Yeah, like like prison food yeah. next to that, and I'm just like, oh. I'll never forget somebody. Like some Italian person picking on my dad about eating a Twinkie. And it was an Italian American person, but they're like, how could you eat this? Uh, stay with me for the rest of my life. My father goes, look at this thing. It's just an American baba rum. And I'm like, he's right. This is basically what it is. <laughs> it's an American baba. I'm like, and he was, you know, that's what he loved it. But yeah, we got lucky. We got to have junk food. And we were like, we were, I mean, my wife's family, my wife's parents, my wife's father came over in the 60s. I went in their house the first time. I'm like, how do you even, there was no food. It was just empty. Like, <laughs> the drawer had like the Savoyardi biscuits that my mother-in-law uses for uh, misu and had like some little like uh, Amoretti, whatever, what, what, Amoretti cookies were the... The hard cookies that yeah, that likes? Yeah, like the little ones you dip in coffee. <laughs> the sad ones. And I'm like, don't, and, and a bowl of nuts. They had a bowl of nuts on the table. I'm like, this is a snack drawer. This is like a totally foreign wow. to me. And, yeah. and then pickled stuff in the fridge. A lot of pickles. So we just had pick my, my funnel on mushroom hunts constantly. And we just had pickled mushrooms this weekend that he made. They're delicious. You can't beat that. Yeah, but you didn't want that when you Not were as a little. kid, you don't want pickled Once you mushrooms. met American kids and they had like Duncan Hines yeah. cake and yeah. stuff, like you didn't want that, you didn't want like a like a bruschetta with uh, melanzana on it. Like when you got home from school, you were like, what is this? I totally understand like the lunch thing because I had friends like, my brothers are younger lunch than me. Is, Italian-American lunch is an entire episode. It's a whole, it okay? is a whole episode, that's true. But, but I, uh, I had friends who had, I didn't have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich until I was like in high school. We didn't have peanut butter in our house. So my, my brothers, as they got older, they came back from school and they're like, we want this. And they, but I was already past. My lunch bags were dripping in oil yeah. until I was allowed to buy lunch at school. Yeah. And I would thank God that day finally came because like my, it was either leftover chicken cutlet, but the way my mother would do it was that she would use Wonder Bread. Me too. Chicken cutlet on Wonder and Bread. It, it that was, was like, it would encase, it would in, no, it would just be like a, another layer of breading around, <laughs> mush around by the, the time <laughs> she put the mayonnaise, she put some iceberg lettuce, That's and then so she put the Wonder and Bread, and then she wrapped it in the plastic, and, and it would it would encase the entire cutlet, you know? So it would just be like a, so oh, you, you know, got I, it. I, it was now just, you say that, I would die for a, my mom's veal cutlet on a Wonder Bread right now. Like that's. Good memories for me. I love that. It, stuff. You really got to make it the night before and leave it in the fridge wrapped. <laughs> so the Wonder Bread just a yeah. nice paste around yes. it. Yes, yeah. and then the, or it was like tuna salad, and it was you know then you got the oily bag. Yeah, you we had a lot of tuna sure. salad. But Italian I was a Nutella bread. guy, like bringing Nutella to school, and the kids would be like, "That's cocky." Yeah. You were- <laughs> the cocky sandwich. Cocky is delicious. <laughs> when you went to school, how many people in your class were Italian? You're you're like thirty what? Thirty two. Thirty two. So you're seven years younger than me. How many kids in your class? Honestly, in St. Cecilia's, my graduating class, there was no Italian. Like, are you serious? Our whole, our whole um, school was like all of us. Yeah. Family. But That's when really you, nice. When you were in St. Cecilia's, there was not other Italians in your class. In our, in our class, no. That my father but went there. We once. there was like ten of us in the school though. Like. That's and, it. The whole school. Well, like I'm saying, like all my cousins yeah. went there. How's that possible? Yeah, the neighborhood was still pretty. Well, I was in Williamsburg. It was yeah, changing, right? And Mark Carmel had the more Italian oh, kids. Mark, cause my, okay. just, oh, that's... St. Cecilia's was more like the Polish yeah, kids. And, that's true. Even when my dad was going there, mostly it was Irish, some German, whatever, and then like a few Italian kids, but then... Maybe there's like one or two. Actually, it was like 
a couple, but not as Italian as us. When I went to lot. school in Brooklyn, an elementary school in Brooklyn, it's not that there were a lot of Italian kids. There were just a lot of kids who just didn't speak English. So yeah. like um, myself included. So like I remember seeing other cultures, but I couldn't talk to them or anything wow. because none of us really spoke English. That's wild. We um, think about it. Yeah. It's like all kind of existing on your own planet. And then yeah. Sunday school, you know, everybody was Italian yeah. at my Sunday school. So what was Sunday school for though? Like, CCD, yeah. Oh, like, you didn't go to Catholic schools. No, I didn't go to Catholic. I never went to Catholic school, actually. Oh, wow. So I was around other Italian kids only on like Sundays and then the clubs. Like, yeah. so I'm ultra Orthodox Italian American in the sense that like our paese had like 17 clubs in America in the 90s and they had like a function every single night of the week and we were always with those people. Yeah. So I. See, that's what I missed out on. Like, I, had we not moved, and my father and mother always say it all the time, they're like, you know, it was good for our family in a lot of ways to go out there. My whole family went together. Eventually, my grandparents left, like, five years after us. Like, when I was 10, they came out and moved out with us. But I missed out on, like, I, you know, you're a little younger than me, but the Ginzo my Gala younger era. brother would have been running around with you at the club. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that's that's something I feel like I really missed out on. No, I'm I'm proud to have you grown up. You didn't miss out on too much. <laughs> no, I love I love I'm not saying it was the Oscars. The golden age. <laughs> my parents would treat it like the Oscars sure, though. Like my uh, the golden age of of Italian dinner dances in the 80s and 90s was amazing. It now was, you couldn't pay me to go to one of those things. I love I still like I them. I still go. I still like yeah, but them. You like to dress up. What, you're bumble, you know. <laughs> me, me, I like to be in sweatpants and shorts. I, I, like but, but it's like, yeah, I like to dress up, but it's not as fun to dress up. Like, come on, the eight, give me the '80s. Give me a dress with shoulder pads <laughs> and some poof. Come on, John. I mean, you could wear, you could have worn a green, white, and red bow tie. I with do a wear. Green, I have one. many green, white, and red bow ties. I wore a red and white and green striped tie the other night to it. I mean, once it's October. Signori, signori, adesso. <laughs> I love that. I go crazy. Here comes the anthems. Here comes everybody. I go nuts. Like it's an like entrance a, for everything. It's like a boxing. It's you. like a boxing match, like the with the Italian wedding when oh. they announce the Italian. It's Everybody's like in this corner at 115 pounds. Who comes last? Was I announced? The president right? of <laughs> the smallest town in Italy. <laughs> the mayor. Commendatore Nicola. I will say one thing. They go crazy. There's like the only way to get me to dinner dances is if Nicola Trombetta is there. If trombetta is there, I'm there. He's at almost. He's at anything from. He's are there. you Are you referring to Cavaliere Commendatore? Yes. What is yes. his full title? I don't even know what his. What yes. What's his full title? Does any Can anyone whatever, fact check? Whatever it is. Can I, someone get on the Get on the internet and fact it check? It may not exist. He, it may only be Nicola Trombetta. It might be self-proclaimed. <laughs> it might be self. <laughs> Nicola is the head of the Campanina Mondo for the people out there who don't understand. It's the organization in America for all the different smaller groups from the region of Campania. Yeah. So it has a national presence, does a lot of work in Italy, and it's got, you know, it's got a lot of respect in And Italy. he gives the best speech. But he's the president for life. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, unless there's a bylaw that <laughs> says he's not I think they call that be. something else. <laughs> yeah. He's been there Dictatorship? Forever. Yeah. I, <laughs> he's been there but he's the people's champ, I will tell you that. Italians are, so, are huge fans of the lifetime president. Yes. Thing. Yes. Like, when I see him, like, give a speech, I'll run through a wall. <laughs> he gets me jerked up. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's why I like these things. I actually still am a sucker for all these organizations. The pageantry. I love, yeah, I love, the, I love the, the bride. The ceremonia. I went to one the other night in Jersey. My uncle's a member of a group. And it's not a dinner dance. It was just like a dinner, right? They do like a fundraiser, scholarships and stuff. Pat and I went. My uncle invited us. And uh, it was great. You know, it was like much more modern, just nice dinner, cocktail hour, talk to people. But they did have an auction. And one of the things they were auctioning off was a custom made blazer that had the material on the inside had the organization's logo. So I won it and I went to the tailor and I was like, listen, I don't need their, I don't, you can put their logo on the inside. I'm like, I'd really rather it be just red, white. And I want the flag on my jacket. And he was like, I think we could pull this off. And that, you know, that will round out my Italian American. We do the grand opening here. You'll wear it. Oh, in a heartbeat. No, you got to wear the one from, remember the Naya? The, the Naya logo paint. Oh, I got to paint over. You my maybe mom, your mother can paint over. My mom will redo. Yeah, I got to redo it. over. I'm like, a, I'm like a race car that changed sponsorships. You know, I need like a sticker <laughs> on the back. Like, podcast. You got to get Nutella. Yeah. Oh, get Forget Nutella. about this. Let's get Nutella. Yeah, really, I don't need my own logo. But yeah, I wore a, a I had the guys who make the Sling Garutsas paint my jacket at Naya. It's a great jacket. That was a, that was a, the best Naya Gala I'd ever been to. Yes. 
that was really like you brought it to the max. And then I walked off into the sunset. And here I am. Yes, yes. Won a championship and left. (laughs) It was. It was so. It was for the time. What year was that? 2018, 17? 17, yeah. For that time, you know, he put, like, hashtags everywhere. I think he had QR codes, I was you very forward-thinking, even though I didn't know what any of it meant. I still don't yeah, know what Yeah, like, stickers and stuff. It was the most interactive of the galas, um, and it was the most modern. And, of course, they hated it, so. <laughs> well, that's a good place for us to close, actually, because that's why we're here. That's why you're suffering through Echo in a construction space if you're out there listening. And if you're watching, you're watching people walk by and bang on the window because we wanted to sort of break the champagne bottle, both us and the team from Growing Up Italian, in a space that's not just going to be where we can call home, but anybody else out there who's with us arm in arm in this mission to make exactly that, a new way to interact with our culture, to celebrate it, to be a part of it. So this space, it's not just a recording studio, it's not just public facing. I mean, right now it's nothing, but eventually it'll be a place where you belong and whether you're Italian, Italian-American, Italophile, a place where you can come and really connect and get to interact with us and, and other people like this. That's the goal. A piazza. A piazza, yeah. It's day two, though. <laughs> it's day two. This is day two yeah. in here. Imagine, <laughs> imagine day 100, what it's going to look like. Well, Oof. I would love to do a time lapse and see what this place will be because, you know. I'm I, glad we did this, though, because. Yeah. Like you said, we just all we have here is a table and our equipment to do the podcast, and that's all we really needed. So imagine once we're set up in here. Yeah, and if you, you know, when we open, God willing, a couple months, come see us. If you're from out of town, make us a part of your itinerary. You can come and hang out. And, uh, yeah, this is the this has been my dream the whole time, is just getting together, talking, sharing with the big audience out there how much we love what we do. And I don't know about you guys, but I cannot wait until we can fast forward to day 100 and uh, really be in a place that's... We got to enjoy the moment, too, though. Yeah. yeah. You gotta enjoy days like today. Yeah, we're yeah. definitely gonna have snacks by day one hundred. Yeah, I'm Speaking hungry of snacks, now. Well, do no snacks on day two, huh? <laughs> I know. I, I, you know, <laughs> when we're done, we're, we should all go over and have a snack. Plenty of options here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. We could family spit. dinner. That's family gonna dinner. be. You know, it, as, as long as I've been doing this with you, and it's been a long time now, the best times are the times that we spend together after working yeah where me you pat dolores sometimes the babies come like we just make the best friggin memories yeah that's, that's all this doing this family stuff. yeah well from all of us the time america podcast first of all i want to say to you thank you for Thanks being for here me. thank you for being a partner and walking arm in arm with us and thank you thank, thank you for, for including us thank you for bringing the families together because that's what this is we're better together yes we that's are right. write it down write it, write it down amore write it down amore we're better together you're getting me beat up because of that too <laughs> thanks for listening and we'll see you next week your life will be great see that you're born an italian if you want your life to be great see that you're born an italiano and your life will be great see that you're born